Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today, for episode number one, we have an absolutely wonderful guest, Scott Vince. Scott, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about uh, your role in your company. Thanks, Chris. I'm uh, really excited to be the number one guest on the uh, number one podcast for Impeller. I'm excited to be along. And um, my company, Capricorn Diversified Systems, has been around 26 years, and I'm the vice president of sales and marketing. And uh, we are a provider of technical everything, if you will. Our, the operative word is diversified. We plan, deploy, and manage and refresh technology um, is our tagline. So and we do that all over North America and have had clients all over the world. And you've worked with some pretty, uh, some names everyone would recognize. Can you uh, do a little bit of name dropping for us? Well, certainly. So we've done work. We actually moved uh, Microsoft's offices from Southfield, Michigan to downtown Detroit. We moved the uh, Detroit Red Wings and the Detroit Pistons into the new Little Caesars Arena in downtown Detroit. And then we've done work with uh, Costco, ancillary Costco um, work across U.S. and Canada and even went to uh, Taiwan to do some work for them. One of our largest accounts is Domino's Pizza. Uh, they take us all over North America and um, General Motors, we provide all the, uh, the technology for the dealers in the GM world. Yeah, so some pretty uh, recognizable names, some big uh, big projects. So that's awesome. Um, thinking about, thinking back over your career, tell us about the person who's had the most impact on your success. Um, well, outside of my business partner, and he and I have been together for the 26 years. In fact, we worked with one another um, in the past prior to that uh, and then connected our stars and aligned them to a successful business. But prior to that, obviously, growing up, my father taught me work ethic and, and that was had a huge, huge influence on my ability to, to put my nose to the grindstone and I feel good about moving it forward. And then uh, my mother, on the other hand, um, was a social machine. She knew everything about everybody within the first five minutes of a conversation. And so those social skills certainly came in handy and uh, I inherited those from her. Well, especially in a sales career, those are valuable. Uh, what are the top three things that you think have helped you the most in your career? Well, I think uh, perseverance, the ability to, to just use that work ethic and, um, not be distracted or discouraged by failure. And right. I think that, that, that's certainly uh, one of the biggest advantages. Um, I think the other thing is, is certainly being uh, in a position to have that relationship, build relationships with people and have that personal relationship with individuals and, and manage those relationships to success. Um, and then, Again, I think the important part is just getting up in the morning and having that uh, that ability to go after the next deal and the next deal after that, and and uh, forget about the ones that you've 
you've lost. Thinking back to when you were starting your career in sales, what do you wish you were taught when you got that first job? I think um, the ability to listen is a critical component in any sales organization, sales situation. Uh, it's hard because, you know, with those social skills, you want to hear yourself talk. But I think it's critical to have the ability to listen and understand um, and have empathy for the people that you're trying to sell something to. So you mm -hmm. can certainly understand and reiterate that in a, a solution for them. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the first big sale you ever closed and, and how, what the feeling you had? Uh, do you remember that feeling? Yeah, one of the largest sales that we closed was with a large advertising agency, and they were um, they had worked specifically with Chrysler Corporation when Chrysler Corporation was Chrysler Corporation, so now, now FCA. Um, very large organization, 1,200 employees, and we refreshed all their technology and their software systems, put support people in place. And it was about a three and a half million dollar check that we picked up from them for that deal uh, over a three year period of time. And it was great. The feeling was in incredible, but I remember driving away from that win and thinking, oh my gosh, where's the net come from? Oh yeah, we did it. And then it's like, oh crap, we did it. Now we got to do it again. Yeah. Well, first of all, we had to, we had to, you had to produce, right? <laughs> you had to make sure it was successful, which it was, thank God. Yep, yep. But so it was that, the, the, the feeling like, oh my gosh, we won. Now we got to actually pull it off. And then, then the second reaction was, oh my gosh, we got to fill the bucket again. We, yep. <laughs> that's not it. Yep. Yeah. What is your best advice for someone getting started in a sales career? Again, I look, I look back at perseverance and, um, the other thing is being organized and managing your time. That's critical. And, um, and having the right approach to a sales, um, you know, building your list, building your prospect list and managing those effectively. That's critical. Uh, if you don't, and you have to build those relationships and to build those relationships, you got to continue to, to understand who they are and follow up. So that, that's a critical component of it. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Transitioning to your role as a sales leader, you know, for those people that are already in sales and um, having success, and now they're thinking about, you know, maybe I want to become a sales leader. What advice would you give to that person who's thinking about transitioning into a leadership role? I think the selling certainly is going to be telling in terms of your success in a sales situation, but you know, more importantly, it's the ability to synergize your efforts with your team. So you have peers, I suspect, that you're working with as a salesperson and um, making sure that you're bringing forth some suggestion recommendations and in, in something that you may not be getting paid for, but something that you feel that is gonna help them lead to a path of success. So those are the folks that you wanna have move into a leadership role. And I think that, that creates great leaders. Okay, great. Tell me about your decision to pursue a sales leadership role. Well, it was interesting. It was a bit of a leap of faith. I was in a conference downtown Detroit at Cobo Hall and was a salesperson for a small sales organization. And uh, 
was approached at a uh, gathering of another company, which I was invited to um, out of the blue. And uh, they'd asked if, if I wanted to start their computer sales organization, they were a office products dealer. Um, and I said, certainly. And I went in with the understanding that I was going to be managing that new endeavor. And again, it was a leap of faith. It was kind of stretching my ability. And I think that's true with any leadership position. You need to make sure you stretch your ability. Yeah. What are some of the common mistakes you think people that are transitioning from a sales role to a sales leadership role? What are the mistakes that are commonly made? Um, I think having faith and confidence in your team and having them be able to fail. I mean, understanding that everybody's not going to win and everybody's not going to do the right thing. And, and there's going to be um, a failure and you're going to have to tolerate that. And um, that's how people learn. Mm -hmm. So it's having patience and, and the ability to understand failure and just have, make it a learning situation rather than chastising situation. Right. What's the first thing someone stepping into that sales leadership role, what's the first thing they should do? Well, I think it's to really get a clear understanding of the personal behavior of their team, understanding what motivates their team. And mm -hmm. so everybody has different hot buttons, different motivations. And that's true with a client and it's true with a sales team. So if, as a sales manager or leader, you need to understand that those hot buttons, understand their personal drivers and work towards making sure that you fulfill those requirements as best you can as a leadership role. Right. Thinking about your role as a sales leader, is there something you used to believe that you now know that's wrong? Well, again, I think it back to that talking more than listening. I felt yeah. that, you know, you, you needed to present your wares and knew that it was the best solution set. Um, but in some instances, it's not. <laughs> and, and being flexible and being nimble in terms of, you know, what the client's needs or requirements are and understanding those clearly. So. I think I felt confident with the products that I was selling, but oversold it. I had a sales manager once that I was doing a presentation on a new software application and the client was giving all kinds of buying signs and I didn't hear it because I wasn't listening. He ended up kicking the plug out of the wall of the equipment that I was demonstrating. And I was pissed at him, but he was said, well, Christ, you're good. all you can do is unsell it. <laughs> so, so I said, okay, well, I, I'm good. You know, and that was a huge learning lesson, you know, so uh, right. you, you certainly can, can oversell something. Right. Do you think people um, underestimate how hard it is to be a sales leader? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, it's hard enough being a salesperson. You have to have a thick skin. Um, and certainly understand that you're going to get knocked down, that you're not going to win every deal. And it's tough. I mean, it really, that part of it is tough. But, you know, in a leadership role, you're going to see that in your, your sales team. And you got to be uplifting. you gotta, you got to make sure when they do fail that you are able to lift them up and send them on the road to success. So that that's, makes it even tougher. So you're right. It's often tempting. I know with the different groups that we work with as customers that um, – you know, people in a sales leadership role, it's very tempting for them sometimes to think like, well, I, I can do more in this organization. I should take on more responsibility. Um, a common one is for them to take on, hey, I want to own marketing as well as sales. Now, I know you have that role. For someone that is considering, you know, following in your path where you have both sales and marketing, what advice do you have for them to not 
overextend themselves or to uh, take on more than they can handle? Well, and having the confidence to delegate, again, back to the sales and leadership responsibility that you have is to make sure you're not overstepping your bounds and not um, inserting yourself in every opportunity, but making sure you delegate those responsibilities. And to be clear, in my marketing position, I certainly am not an expert in that. So I hire people to do that. So we work with a number of different manufacturers. We have market development funds that come through those relationships and we rely on them to put our programs together for us and manage that role and responsibility. So uh, it's it's the ability to delegate and have confidence that those those people have expertise that they that you can rely on to get the job done. Right, right. What are the signs that you look for that it's time for someone to move up into a new role, maybe a leadership role in your organization? Well, again, we talked about that, Chris, and that if you see someone helping unsolicited uh, someone else, that's a critical component of leadership and, and your ability to, to be selfless in bringing those around you up. And um, you can see it in, in how some of the sales reps help one another. And there are some that are more helpful than others, some that protect their patch and some that, that are willing to share. So that's, I think that's the key component to finding a great leader. Do you, are there any things you do to try to cultivate those management candidates? Um, give them a lot of rope. I mean, certainly, and make sure that you have a, a, a visibility on what they're doing. And a lot of it has to do with the tools that we use because you can set up some metrics to measure, you know, what they're doing, certainly from a sales perspective, but those metrics uh, only go so far, but certainly that is a, a yardstick to understand how they're helping others. And then uh, the reactions. So part of that is the personal relationship you have with your sales team. So you understand, again, their motivators and, and then uh, just listening to them, you know, again, listening more than talking with them. Thinking about what you did, expanding on what the listening you just talked about, do you have a method or advice for someone on teaching their team on how to ask the great questions, those second, third level questions that are so important in getting that deep understanding? Well, so open-ended questions and a great deal of that is, you can only remember so much, so it's documenting. And so you have to have the ability to recall conversations and information about a client or, again, a salesperson uh, so you can clearly understand, you know, what their dog's name is and what their cat's name is and what their kid's name and what school they go to. And some of those things will open up a conversation where it becomes a personal conversation, but it leads to more in-depth discussion around what motivates them and what they're having issues with or what they're having successes with. Yep. Preparation. It's important. Without question. Um, beyond just sales or overall sales, are there other measures for success that you utilize for yourself and your team? Well, I think they're, um, they're professional relationships. I mean, most salespeople have networks that they connect with outside of the business, and those networks are critical to success. So when you're to cultivate more opportunity, those personal relationships or clubs or memberships that they belong to on their own without being solicited to, to join those members, memberships or have those relationships are critical. And then mining that information to um, 
building opportunities. It's critical. What do you do to control first impressions in your sales process with your, with your team, your company, your business? Uh, well, again, it has to do with marketing and how you uh, present yourself. Uh, the professional approach, um, you know, years ago, I, I was, went through a number of different sales training uh, programs and, you know, it's simple things, right? Like, I mean, you think it's silly, but polishing your shoes and having your, your, and when you used to wear a tie, having it straight and, 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 um, just simple things that show a professional approach to how you're doing business. And, um, it seems simple, but it's not. And you have to remind your sales team to, to create and embody that professional approach. Right. Um, thinking about success habits, those things that people have to be doing every day. Um, what are those daily habits you want your sales team to have? Again, it seems simple, but you have to be on time or early. That's a critical component. It, uh, it certainly shows your enthusiasm for anything being responsive so that you're um, answering questions to clients or, or me as their manager or boss. Uh, if it's a timely response, that's critical to me. And I think it, it shows that you care. And uh, it's, again, it seems simple, but um, it's, it's that timing that's, that's, uh, that's critical and important for, a successful salesperson. You've had a long career in sales, Scott. When you're sitting around with your friends and, in uh, you know, peers in the business and you're all telling the, the funny stories, crazy things that happen over, what's your just crazy sales story that you'd like to share? Chris, there are, there are a, a zillion of them. You, you can't, can't imagine from client interactions to, um, to salespeople or technical resources that we've had in the past. And some of them I can't repeat because they're <laughs> just crazy. Uh, we, we, you know, a couple of them, one, we had a, a engineer that, that was saying well, to the customer, well, why did you buy this thing? This is not, this is not what I would have bought if I were you. And you're, you're like, you want to hit him, but you're standing in front of the customer and your technician that's, you know, that doesn't know any better. <laughs> you're like, holy cow. Um, but I, I remember a time when uh, my business partner and I were leaving a pretty high-level meeting um, with the CEO, and uh, we're recalling the meeting and, and getting our head around it. And, and uh, we were 50 minutes into a drive back to the office and went the complete opposite way of where we were supposed to be going. So we were, you know, 50 miles north on I-94 instead of 50 miles west on I-96 and had no idea. We finally woke up from the conversation and said, where the heck are we? So yeah, there's, there's many, but that, that one is, uh, is certainly re repeatable. There's no question. Oh my, that's a long way to go the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little out of the way, needless to say. Yeah. Uh, Rejection is always a big part or dealing with rejection is always a big part of sales and uh, trying to cultivate or, or teach a team to deal with that. Um, can you think about the back of your career, the deal that you lost that hurt the most? Well, there have been many. <laughs> um, I remember uh, a school system. I had a uh, actually a really good relationship with the chief financial officer and we we're in the process of an $800,000 deal where we're selling um, 
new printing technology to the district and it was on the edge of approval. They uh, had a special board meeting scheduled for us to present our proposal and vote to the affirmative on it. And my contact got a new job. <laughs> so he left. So they filled in with a new person and that new person wasn't necessarily on board with the, the opportunity. So uh, we got shot down. It, it, it was, it was very unfortunate. I remember, I remember that one distinctly because I drove the wrong way on eight mile road, leaving the, the, uh, the opportunity just was just disgusted by it. But I think the key to that, Chris, is anticipating your next next question. You got to pull yourselves up by the bootstraps. You've got to you got to go back after the next deal, and you got to you got to brush it off. And there's been many of those. It's it's you know I, I, analogy is you know a quarterback throwing a pick six and coming back and throwing a touchdown on the next series of plays, or uh, you know a pitcher throwing a, a a home run ball and then having to come back and strike out three in a row. It's it, it, you just got to get back on the horse, and it's critical to do that. And you're always going to have opportunities that are lost. You're going to always have doors that are closed in your face and you got to have, again, a thick skin and the ability to, to understand that the next one is going to be a success and you got to act on that approach. Yeah. Is that what you tell your team, you know, Absolutely. when they're dealing yeah. with rejection? Yeah. And, and you got to stay positive. I mean, I, you know, one of our early mantras was positive approach gets positive results. And the, to this day, it's it's still that mantra. You've got to feel positive about. I, I had a meeting this afternoon with a, a very large um, facilities furniture company, and um, and they they've been very successful. And I met with the owner, and then I asked him, you know, what do you think about in the middle of a pandemic that your business is going to be like? Because they're not building offices anymore. A lot of people aren't working in offices anymore. And this guy, from the beginning of time, he worked in a, I remember his office 20 years ago when I first started working with him. He was in a basement in the back of a building, and now he's built his own office, and he's done unbelievable things and very successful. Um, and he was always positive, and today he was incredibly positive. He, he, he said, you know what, we're going to come through this, and I'm hiring people because I want to build my team, and I, I know that we're going to re- we work our office where there's going to be less people working in the office, but we're going to be successful. And I, you know what? That is a true attribute to a successful organization. I couldn't agree more. Um, transitioning now to talk about technology, a lot of the things we've talked about are connected to how you leverage CRM in an organization. So let's just start with a very basic CRM question. When it comes to CRM, do you love it? Or do you hate it? I not only do I love it, I think it's a critical. I keep saying critical, but the, the, it's a cornerstone of any successful sales organization. If you don't have, uh, from as a salesperson, if you don't have the appropriate records and 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 you're able to manage your funnel and your account list and your prospects and and uh, in a manner that is organized, um, you're not going to be successful. And as a manager, you need to have the ability to see those metrics and, and understand how your team is doing. And that's the only possible way to do that. You can't do it any other way. I mean, uh, in the old days, it was spreadsheets and, and uh, tablets of paper and, you know, sales meetings that you would try to glean from the organization. But um, a CRM application is critical to any organization, in my opinion. Yeah. It's amazing to me how much today, even today, when we go into a, a company that, 
we start asking, first thing, one of the first things we ask about are show me your spreadsheets and how many companies are so reliant on spreadsheets to give them the information they need because their CRM can't do it. Right. Uh, it's crazy. Right. It is crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is, uh, what do you think the biggest struggle companies have with leveraging CRM technology to support their sales process? I think so. Credos to Impeller and their ability to your ability to have trained and um, pulled our our team into the uh, the 21st century and understanding our business and our uh, unique aspects on how we work prospects, what type of accounts we're working with, but more importantly, how we approach them and your ability to train the sales organization and our administrative team and our managers to to be able to use the application and use those tools to their best ability. If you don't have, aren't committed to that, you're going to, you're not going to make a great investment <laughs> with, so use the tool set the way it's meant to. And the only way to do that is have a professional organization. Again, I, I mentioned our marketing um, capabilities. We defer to the experts. You're the experts in our CM, CRM application and our ability to, succeed succeed with that tool set. Yeah, I'll add one more thing to that, Scott. I think one of the things that made your implementation so successful is the commitment that you established, you and your business partner established from day one and made it very clear that you communicated that throughout the organization. Um, that to me is uh, one of the absolutely key differentiators between the serum implementations that succeed versus ones that fail. Uh, is that that support from the top? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, we took we were totally committed to it because we were going to make the investment, and the only way to make the investment pay off to get an ROI on it yeah. is to fully commit ourselves to it. And that's true with anything. I mean, even if it's Microsoft 365 or um, you know, pick your pick your tool set. You know, if you're using, because we even train on how to use, how to best use. Um, the simple tools like the Microsoft words and Excel spreadsheets that our, our sales team is using. We have a quoting application that's pretty comprehensive for some of the products that we sell and, and we need to train them on how to use that. So if you, if you're going to commit to the expense to put that tool set in place, you need to commit to the, um, the implementation team to get it operational and it's in the most effective way possible. What do you think those in, the technology leadership roles, the CIOs, CTOs out there, what do you think they can do to better support the sales team and in the sales process? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's, and it's a difficult thing in terms of um, training the leadership within an organization that nothing gets done without something being sold. So I don't care if you're selling widgets or cars or balloons, you don't have a successful organization until you're selling something. So the sales team is a critical piece of that. And the, the, the CIO of an organization has to support the tool set in order to make that successful. Um, I've got a, a project right now where we're working with a hospital that's using um, their tool set is um, health management and they can't live without it. And so the CIO is certainly ensconced in making sure that that application is up and running. And that same thing is true with any tool set, especially the sales tool set. 
and um, you know the CRM application and having that available in all ways, forms, or fashions um, is something that they they have to understand and, and will understand um, given the sales organization's ability to sell something. We put a huge focus um, on user adoption, as you know. Um, thinking about that for CRM, uh, what are your keys to getting the sales team engaged in using CRM? It's interesting, Chris, and, and I think you you have to crawl, walk, run. A lot of the sales team are not technically savvy necessarily, even though we're a technical organization, they're a sales um, mindset. But showing them how they can be more successful, create, creating efficiencies in their ability to manage their patch, if you will, and understand how that tool set can be lead to their success and create more time and energy towards that success. I think that's easy. Once once they see that, once and, and here's where we talked about before, there's certain sales organization sales people in our organization that get it and use it to its nth degree. And having them share that success with the others that are may not be is is part and parcel to a successful CRM implementation. Yeah, I actually, that's one of our recommendations uh, for, for the companies that we work with, as you know, is to identify those early adopters, those super users, and leverage the heck out of them to role model and mentor those that are struggling and having a bit of uh, difficulty understanding or leveraging that technology. So, yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, yeah. Scott, we are coming up on the end of our time together. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciate you uh uh, coming on uh, Sales Lead Dog. Love having you on here. And for those of you listening, um, if you have the chance to uh, uh, work with Scott and Capricorn Diversified Systems, I highly recommend it. Scott's one of the, the best people you could ever meet and work with. Um, Scott, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Well, certainly our website at cdsonline.com or Certainly uh, email me at scott.vince at cdsonline.com. Great way to get a hold of me. That's great. And you're on LinkedIn as well? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on Sales Lead Dog. Um, it's been great talking with you and uh, look forward to our continued relationship together. Thank you, Chris. Really, really appreciate our partnership and certainly am pleased to be your number one guest. Thank you. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales Lead Dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.